Once you live in the 716, Buffalo sports is ingrained in your soul. No matter where you are, we always remember the roots that helped us grow. Don't let where you live or the people around you stop you from showing your Buffalo pride. Join us Buffalonians as we talk all things sports in the 716 on the Buffalo Loyal Podcast. Circles the way, like the Buffalo Bills. I'm your host, Nick English, alongside my co-host, Andrew Ogwich. No matter where we are, no matter the heartbreak, we will always remain Buffalo loyal. This is the Buffalo Loyal Podcast. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. We are recording Thursday night following the Sabres' 3-2 loss to the Montreal Canadiens at home following a long road trip on the West Coast. We're going to start the show talking about the Sabres. Since the last time we talked, they have played five games. Some ups, some downs. We're going to break that all down. We're going to talk about the Bills' bye week. If we learned anything about the AFC teams um, while the Bills were not playing and enjoying vacation and dressing up going to Halloween parties, and then we're going to preview the Packers and Bills Sunday night game. Um, but let's start with the Sabres. Three to two loss tonight to the Canadians, a game in which uh, the Sabres really did outplay Montreal. Um, I just spent the last three hours watching the whole game. You know, they outshoot Montreal by 11, 45 to 34. They go one for four on the power play. Um, the big number is giveaways, six for the Sabres, only two for Montreal. And Montreal kind of just took advantage of the minor errors the Sabres have made um, in the game. Um, so a pretty frustrating loss for sure, um, especially when we talked about before the season, playing a team like Montreal who is considered, I think, inferior to you or at least on the same level as you are. Um, these are the games you need to win, um, especially coming off of a good road trip. Um, you're back at home, and especially after losing the way they did in Seattle, um, definitely a huge downer uh, for this night. But overall, um, since the last time we recorded, they were able to go on the West Coast. They beat Edmonton 4-2. to They destroyed the Flames 6-3 to in Calgary. Then they go and dominate the Canucks 5-1. to before they kind of laid a stinker uh, five to one to Seattle. And then they again lost tonight. So um, really highs at the beginning of the road trip. I think everyone was extremely pleased, um, especially the way they played their first three games. I mean, I think they kind of outplayed all three of those teams. Edmonton kind of had their way with Buffalo in the third period. And it was Eric Comrie kind of stealing the show and, stealing some points for the Sabres and they kind of had to fend off McDavid and Dreisaitl's late push, um, but they got the job done. Tuck gets the hat trick in uh, Calgary and then they just absolutely dominated the Canucks um, before they kind of laid the egg against the Kraken, which will kind of just throw that game out because it was just gross in general. But um, overall, what have you been your impressions, Andrew, from the, uh, you know, the road trip and then the last few games where they've kind of uh, came back down to earth a little bit. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we're <clears throat> we're seeing the byproduct of a super young team uh, trying to get their, you know, their their feet on the ground and get their footing in this new season. Um, right, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Right, like you said, we we beat Calgary and Edmonton, start off the the road trip really strong, looking great. Um, and then right lay an egg, like you said, against Seattle and then come home and, you know, just play inconsistent and, and can't finish. Um, and I think right as frustrating as it is to, to watch games like that and in this up and down and back and forth, I think that's what we're in for this season, right. Especially with this young squad that we have, right. You we're just going to have to learn to enjoy the highs and, and, hopefully make it through the lows um, and, and see kind of where they come out at the end of it all. But I mean, yeah, you just, you got guys that are um, just super inconsistent right now. I think that's kind of uh, kind of the theme of the last uh, couple games is just inconsistency guys either trying to do too much or um, just making dumb plays and um, just not, sticking to sound hockey like we saw through the first few games of the season so again it's only a handful of games into this new season um i'm sure they'll figure out how to bounce back and, and play together as a team and um right i mean the the power play continues to be an issue they have to get that figured out um but it's still early like I said, it's a young team. You're going to have the highest of highs and lowest of lows with them. Um, just got to hope that they'll, uh, you know, with Granado's leadership, they'll, they'll figure out a way to kind of put together a game plan to be a little more consistent and kind of level things out, right? We, we don't need a team of sugar high Joshes um, on the ice every night. Yeah, and we're, you know, there's going to be a lot of overreactions through the first few games. I mean, we're already seeing tonight after the game, um, you know, Olafson, Middlestat, um, a lot of these guys getting criticized already. Um, the Sabres are also dealing with some massive injuries. I mean, Matias Samuelson and Henry Okiaru, two of your top four defensemen, both being out, you know, looks like the Sabres avoided the worst with Samuelson because that play was very scary. Um, you know, the way it happened looked like, there was potential there that it could have been season ending if, you know, he went the wrong way, but it looks like it's more going to be of a week, a week to week thing. Um, I'd anticipate Henry Okiharu will return probably in the next week or so. Um, he took a Kyle Oposo puck to the face. Um, so never an easy thing to lose those guys, but Fitzgerald pilot, those guys have been doing all they can stepping in. And then tonight, right. They, they fight back, they get the two to two. And it just elapses, you know, Granado said it in his post-game press conference as far as he felt they kind of just let their foot off the pe gas pedal and were letting their guys just kind of step up and take wide open shots. And Comrie kind of took fault after the game for the loss that he was going to get better. But um, I really didn't think he played that bad at all today. I mean, the first goal goes off of Owen Power skating in the net. There's nothing he can do there. Um, he, Him and Anderson have been very consistent, really no complaints with their play so far. Um, it's just, you know, we're going to get into this stretch here where, you know, I talked when we were previewing the season a few weeks ago, the first 20 games is going to say a lot about this team. You know, I said that 
if you can go 14 and six or 13 and seven, somewhere in that range, that'd be a great start for this team. And I think when you look at Seattle and this Montreal game, I think one of the biggest reasons fans are extremely frustrated is if they would have went on the road trip and you lose to both Edmonton and Calgary, but then you find a way to beat Vancouver, Seattle, and then Montreal tonight, I don't think fans would be really overreacting in any way because it's a young team. You'd be like, all right, we're winning the games, you know, against the same level or inferior opponents. And we were still just a step away from competing with those higher tier teams. Well, when you go into a Calgary and Edmonton, you win those games. You're like, all right, now we have a real opportunity. If we can win these games, we're supposed to win. We can really give ourselves some ground because, you know, luckily the Sabres are very much, we still have another, you know, 75 games or so to play um, long way to the playoffs, but each game, you know, as you get later and later in the season is going to matter. And you're going to see some of these teams that have struggled a little bit like the Toronto's and the Rangers of the world. They're going to turn it around the flyers um, and teams like that aren't going to stay that hot for that long. I don't think. Um, so it, it's a little frustrating from that aspect. And then just tonight seeing Tage Thompson passing wide open shots up and doing too much spinoramas and just, making dumb plays. I mean, at the end of the game, we're trying to get the goalie pulled and Jack Quinn tries to um, slap it down the ice to see if one of our guys can beat the icing call and it doesn't work. And then you can't um, get Comrie off until the last like 50 seconds of the game, you know, just little things like that are um, pretty frustrating. And, you know, when the Sabres are four and one, you know, the world is awesome. And now that we're, you know, down to four and three, it's crashing and burning. Like you said, it's, Highs and lows, but it's going to be interesting to see a young team. You know, this is the kind of the first adversity test they're having. You have a hungry Chicago team who was picked to be the worst in the NHL, and they've won four straight going into tonight. So, you know, they're hungry. They want to prove people wrong, you know, that they're not going to be a walkover. But it's it's going to be interesting these next few games if your big guns can really get it going because right now – you know, Jeff Skinner gets his first tonight, but between him, you know, Thompson, you know, Middlestat and Olofsson, the guys that you need to be scoring goals are not producing, you know, Tage Thompson and Skinner and Middlestat all sitting at one goal. Yes, Olofsson's at four, but two of them were empty netters. So you need these guys to start coming through, especially if you want to, you know, win on the schedule in October when you're going to be facing Pittsburgh a few times, Vegas, Carolina, these better teams, these guys got to start putting the pucks in the net. Um, but there are a lot of highs. I mean, Rasmus Dahlin is just playing out of this world. He's probably been the best defenseman in the NHL this year so far. I thought he was awesome again tonight. Um, Alex Tuck's been playing good. Dylan Cousins scored again tonight on an awesome goal. He's got three already. Um, I think the connection with him and Paterka is still growing. Um, and then I, I just think the lineups, we, we got to find the consistency. You know, the defensive pairings is what it is until we get guys back healthy. But um, I don't know if Granado's doing this lineup any favors when you have guys like Krebs and Quinn and Asplund and these guys rotating in every other game. 
and you're not building any continuity on these lines and it's kind of tough for guys to get rhythm. I think you kind of just got to go with a hot hand and make a decision and let it ride for six, seven, eight games. And then with injuries or you need one guy to get a game off, that's when you make that change. Um, I think the third and fourth lines have kind of been struggling because of that. So um, we're going to see here, but like you said, it's, it's ups and downs, but I, I will say it's nice to see the fans, you know, they've been putting up some a lot better crowds this year so far. And the games are sure how a lot more entertaining, even when they're losing um, than they were last year. Um, but some good notes, some bad notes, and I'm really excited, um, you know, by the time we record again next week to see how this team handles this first little bit of adversity and see what Kyle Oposo and Don Granado and, you know, these guys get a response to, because, um, you know, we didn't really talk too much about Granado and Adams getting extensions, um, you know, big step for them kind of getting that continuity and not having to do turnover year in year after year, um, like they have been. So that's been nice, but now it's time to start putting it together and getting some wins and making these adjustments, you know, that, were the reason they gave you that extension. Yeah. And look, I'll say it again. I mean, they're, they're just getting started literally and figuratively, right. It's a new season. It's a young team. Like you said, we've got the extensions for your GM and your head coach. We know what the future is going to look like. Now let's just put all the pieces together. Um, right. Like I don't have expectations of playoffs this year. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. So try things out, figure out who you are, find your identity as a team, play together. Um, and like I said, enjoy the highs when they come and just fight through the lows when they, when they, you know, slap you in the face, like the past couple of games. Um, I, I don't think that there's any reason to be discouraged. It's a super talented roster, super young, talented roster. Um, they're they're going to put it together. They're going to make mistakes too. Um, it's just a matter of, can they bounce back from those mistakes? Um, and I think they will. And, you know, I think Chicago coming up is, you know, the perfect opportunity to have a bounce back game. So uh, we'll, we'll see how these young guys respond. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Anderson gets the nod in that game. I'm hoping they, uh, we saw a little bit more of Jack Quinn tonight, which I was happy with. I don't think having him on the fourth line with Gergensen's and Oposo is kind of giving him a chance to shine and grow as much as he needs to. Um, they put him on the power first power play tonight, which was also nice to see. So hopefully um, they kind of give him some more opportunities. Unfortunately, the goal he had against Seattle was brought back on an offside. But um, like you said, a super young, talented roster. Um, guys like Cousins, Paterka, um, Henestros has been a nice surprise again this year. And then Dalene all showing out. So um, if Thompson, these other guys get going, I think the Sabres are in good shape. So hopefully these next few games still uh, uh, get things going. But um, let's transition to the NFL. Bills had a bye week. Great chance to get healthy. Um, the, they did announce that Tredavious White is not going to play again um, on Sunday. I don't think that's necessarily the worst thing in the world. Um, I think they just need to take as much time as they can, get him back fully healthy. He is out of a, non or a non-contact jersey, which is nice to see at practice. Um, so real quickly, Andrew, before we kind of preview the Packers game, with Buffalo not playing, we got kind of the chance to sit back and watch a lot of the other AFC teams. I think most of the eyes were probably on the Kansas Cities, the Baltimores, 
um, chargers of the world. Um, what takeaways did you have, if any? Uh, Kansas City's good. Everyone else pretty much sucks. Football's boring without Josh Allen, <laughs> uh, if I'm being honest, right? I mean, this is uh, it's a wide-open wide open conference, um, right? I mean, one and two, I think, are pretty locked down between us and Kansas City, and then uh, going to be a dogfight for everyone else. Um, so I, I don't envy everyone else. Sucks to be everyone else, but uh, we'll see. I mean, New England stinks. Miami stinks. They a third of their rosters on the injury report. Um, Jets out of nowhere are beating up on teams. Um, you got Baltimore still making mistakes, but playing teams tough, scoring points. Lamar's looking pretty good. Um, Cincinnati's still middle of the road. Not much to write home about there. Um, yeah, really, I just the bizarre season continues. Um, like I said, it's no one is even close to matching the talent that the Bills and, and the Chiefs have. So, um, yeah, it's this was at the AFC West, which was supposed to be a, a, a must see TV event every time they played, has <laughs> been an absolute shit show and a complete joke. Uh, Russell Wilson is doing four hour workout routines on the eight hour plane ride to London. Yeah. It's just bizarre year so far and, uh, very spread out results. Yeah. I mean, I think there were some teams this past week that could have showed themselves as maybe some contenders. Um, I'm still not a hundred percent sold. I think the jets are playing well. I'm not sold on them yet. Um, I think Sauce Gardner's really, really good. But losing Brees Hall for the year is a huge blow for them. I know they did trade for James Robinson, which is a good add for them. Um, but they're having wide receiver issues. Elijah Moore's been, like, holding out. But, I mean, if you look at who they've beaten, they beat Brett Rippon on the Broncos. They beat the Packers, which is a good win, um, especially on the road. But, you know, they beat the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson. You beat Mitch Trubisky. You know, the only real game that they had, they lost to the Bengals, and then they had, uh, you know, a miracle against uh, the Browns with Joe Flacco. So, you know, their their record's what they says they are. You know, they're going to be a tough out when we play them, I think, a little bit closer than people are probably going to expect. But um, other than that, like Miami, they looked a little better with Tua back, but they were still average against Pittsburgh. They didn't, you know, blow the wall. I mean, we killed Pittsburgh. So I'm not really concerned with Miami. Who knows who the quarterback in New England is? Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones are starting Mac this week, but maybe it'll be Zappi next week. You know, Baltimore, they were down um, to Tampa right now on Thursday night as recording, but now they're back winning. Lamar just threw another touchdown. So um, I think that I think they're still feisty. Harbaugh's a good coach, but they're just they have so many injuries and they don't have enough weapons on offense. And uh, we already, you know, kind of showed them once this year we can beat them. It seemed like Cincinnati has been kind of getting right a little bit, but now the news breaks today. Jamar Chase is out four to six weeks. That definitely does not help them in any way. Tennessee, I hate them, but, you know, they're just going to kind of be there. Colts are going to Sam Ellinger, so there's that. And then, yeah, like you said, the best division in the AFC was supposed to be the West, and 
you know, the Chargers can't get right. Mike Williams is out now. J.C. Jackson's done for the season. You know, Bosa has been banged up. The Raiders still stink. And, yeah, Russell Wilson definitely has the worst contract in not maybe not even just in the NFL and all the sports. Like, he sucks. His teammates hate him, and he sucks. So, yeah, I mean, Kansas City is the only the only threat to Buffalo. I mean, they went in and absolutely curb stomped the 49ers and the 49ers have a good defense. So um, I think they definitely were a little salty about losing to Buffalo. Um, They go out and add Kadarius Tony today. It's another weapon for Mahomes. I don't think that like puts them over the top, but it's definitely a guy that um, can get open. And Andy Reid has a history of kind of dealing with difficult wide receivers. So um, we'll see what happens there. And the trade deadline is on Tuesday. So who knows what Brandon Bean will do. There's been a lot of offensive line talk, maybe Kareem Hunt. Um, OBJ's name's obviously been around there, but he's a free agent. So that one doesn't really matter as much. Um, Tony Pollard's name's kind of been thrown around, not necessarily for the Bills, but just in the trade market in general. Um, so we're going to see what happens. But yeah, I mean, a week without the Bills and the Eagles playing had to be pretty rough for NFL fans. Yep, that's for sure. So Sunday night, Bills coming off the bye, hosting the Green Bay Packers. They are struggling, to put it mildly. Um, they're actually, if they lose this game and the Bears find a way to win, they're going to be third in the division, which I wouldn't have thought they would be there. Um, but you're, they're coming off back-to-back losses at home versus the Jets and then on the road against Taylor Heineke and the Washington Commanders, um, and then they lost to the Giants. So they have three straight losses, and then they didn't even play very well against Bailey Zappi and the Patriots the week before that. Um, so it sounds like they're not even going to have their number one receiver again. It sounds like that um, Lazard is going to be out. Um, we already know that Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are a great running back tandem that apparently for some reason they don't like using, but the bills have been really good stopping the run. Uh, Sammy Watkins is kind of wide receiver one this week, him and Romeo Dobbs. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but uh, coming into this game, I'm not scared of the Packers in any way. I mean, they've, the Packers have actually never won in Buffalo, knock on wood. Um, but you know, I think this is kind of one of those games we've in the past talked about, you know, don't overlook Aaron Rodgers, this, that, and the third, but I don't know, man. I've kind of just gotten to the point, the way the Bills have played and the way they've been this year. I'm not saying I'm overlooking the Packers, but I'm really not worried about this game at all. Yeah. I don't, I keep going back and forth. It's, it's hard to forget the, PTSD from right growing up in the drought when uh, you think you got a game and something billsy happens and they they find a way to lose it and you think who you're playing you're playing Aaron Rodgers coming off of back to back MVP seasons who right like dude's good finds ways to win games and you think there's no way they're going to lose four games in a row or three games in a row whatever it is right like there's no way green bay and aaron Rodgers are going to let that happen of course you're right they're playing the bills it's sunday night but then you think oh 
we've got Josh Allen. As long as Josh Allen's under center, I think we're going to be okay. So it, it should be a blowout. Green Bay's banged up. They have no idea what they're doing on offense. Their defense is very inconsistent, very spotty. Um, seems like there's a, a lot of turmoil happening over there in, in Green Bay. So, yeah, I mean, the Bills are healthy, pretty much pretty healthy, right? Spencer Brown is uh, limited during practice. He's working on through his injury, uh, his ankle injury. Uh, but other than that, there really, really weren't any major injuries to report on the injury report. So they're healthy. You got 17 under center. This should be a blowout, right? Like this should be another Steelers game, 38 to three type of game. But um, I don't know. It's so hard to, to just expect them to beat everyone in, you know, any given week. So um, I think they'll definitely win. Um, I just, they got to play smart. They got to right dust off the, the cobwebs from the bye week, uh, if there even are any, and uh, stay motivated to, to not look past a, a struggling team and play your football the way you want to play it and uh, come out with a win and, and keep the winning happening. So um, it's definitely right. Like you, any given Sunday, you can't take any team lightly. I mean, look at the Jets, right? Like no one thought the Jets would be in the position they're in, but there's shocking teams left and right. Um, so yeah, I, I just, it's so hard to blindly say, yeah, they're going to go out and win. They're going to beat Aaron. Rod- Who cares if it's Aaron Rodgers, right? Like Jeremy White this week, uh, was tweeting about the, the nervous mafia with this concept of no matter what, right? Like there's a, a section of Bill's fans, uh, part of them always say like, ah, yeah, but something could go wrong. And it's just like, it's so real this week. There's no reason for the bills to lose this game. They're way more talented. They're way more consistent. They're better coached, better uh, disciplined. Like they should steamroll the Packers, but uh, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's who the green Bay Packers are. It makes you pause and think, Ooh, what if this is a trap game? Um, but I, I think they'll come out with a win. So we'll see. I think the other good thing for the Bills is this is probably the healthiest they've been since like week one. Spencer yeah. Brown's really the only one that looks like he's probably not going to play, but you have a good um, replacement in Questenberry. And actually, uh, just looking it up, because kind of curious of, you know, how the Bills fared last week or last year, excuse me, off the bye week. The Bills have actually not lost after the bye week since Sean McDermott has gotten here. Um, they actually yeah. haven't even even prior to Sean McDermott. Um, their their last time the Bills lost off of a bye week was actually in 2014. Um, they lost off the bye week to Kansas City with Kyle Orton as the Bills quarterback. Um, well, so that's pretty crazy. The the past few years, right? Like you've had the heartbreaking losses going into the bye. So then you've needed that revenge game, get right game out of the bye week. So yeah, they've always been playing with a, a chip on their shoulder out of the bye, something to prove. So um, that's not too surprising of a stat, but it's, 
it's incredible. I mean, this, this team is a powerhouse. They're just so good. So, and it's home Sunday night. That place is going to be incredibly loud, right? It's going to be rocking. So, um, yeah, I, I think they'll be fine. I think yeah. they'll, they'll waltz through, right? And, and maybe Josh doesn't finish another game at home, right? Maybe we'll go three for three, not finishing games at home. Yeah, and I mean, if this was on the road, I think I'd be a little more worrisome. But being home, I think, is good for this team. I think going into Kansas City and winning that game, going into the bye, the team's feeling good. Um, obviously, that could also be – hopefully they didn't take it too – you know, go too crazy on the bye week and they're like, oh, yeah, like we're the shit kind of thing. But I don't think that this team is wired that way. Um, so I think they're going to be – they're going to be fine. Um, I expect this to be probably a 17 to 20 point victory. Um, I, I would really like to see the bills continue to run the ball well, like they did against the chiefs and then kind of let the passing build off of that. Um, It'll be great to now have Jordan Phillips and Ed Oliver probably almost back to full, full strength. They've kind of been playing, but not back to their normal selves. I mean, I think it'll be a good time to get those guys back. Jordan Poyer, another week rested. You know, Kyrie Elam, Benford, those guys getting another week to prepare and just get ready. And then having Travis White back on the practice field, Micah Hyde back in the facility. I think that's going to be a huge help. And I think that's a huge, you know, boost for just the team as a whole energy-wise to have those guys back in the building. Yeah, Micah's out for the year, and yeah, Trey's not playing yet, but – just the feeling of seeing those guys at the practice building and being out on the field with you, I think has to be um, a great feeling for um, the defense and the team as a whole. But um, looking at the game, you know, I think the Bills stopping the run is going to be key because Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are clearly the best two players they have offensively. So if the Bills are able to do that, I don't think they're going to have any issues winning this game. Offensively, I really would like to see the Bills make a concerted effort to get Dawson Knox the ball. Um, I think him getting that touchdown against Kansas City, he's also had another week to kind of heal from his injuries. Um, I think it's really time to start utilizing him because he is going to be monumental, I think, down the stretch and in the playoffs if the Bills want to get um, where they need to go. Um, So in this game, Andrew, who are you kind of looking at on – one side of the ball uh, or one player on each side of the ball that you think could have a big game this week for the bills. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it could be a big week for Devin Singletary. Um, right. We saw he had a great game just before the bye week um, against Kansas city. Slowly his production has been picking up. They've been getting in the ball more and uh, the Packers are a bottom 10 run defense. Their defense is, is rough when it comes to stopping the run. So um, I think it'd be a good week to keep feeding motor, keep letting him uh, continue to pr- uh, prove that he's put in the work and is improving and, and taking those next steps. So I'd like to see him, uh, get the rock a lot and, and uh, get his first rushing touchdown this year. (laughs) Yeah, It'd be nice, you know, no time like the present. So, yeah. So let's, uh, let's look to see Devin Singletary have a good game if they decide to give him the ball. Uh, Then on the defense, um, 
I think the pass rush, right? Like if, if Vaughn and Jordan Phillips and um, all of the defensive linemen can, can get to Aaron Rodgers, game over, right? I mean, we talked about how they don't have any weapons and wide receiver. Alan Lazard's injured. He's really kind of the only one that makes you pause. Um, so I think the secondary is going to be just fine back there. Um, I, you know, the big thing is, can you get Aaron Rodgers on his back um, safely and, and legally, right? Nothing too aggressive. Uh, but if you can control the line of scrimmage, then game is over before it starts. Yeah, I, I like both those calls. I already mentioned Knox for me. One guy that I don't think we talked about him a lot in the preseason and um, a guy that maybe could have a big year that I'd really like to kind of see a little bit more of in this game. AJ Epinesa, I'm kind of waiting for him to make a couple splash plays. He's kind of been around the ball a little bit more the last few weeks. Um, I'd like to see him kind of, you know, the last couple weeks, Shaq Lawson's kind of stepped into that. He's the third guy behind Greg and Vaughn as making some big plays. I'd like to see AJ kind of, hey, Shaq, I'm still here. I'm going to take that away from you. Kind of a friendly competition. And then... I'm going to go and make a prediction again like I did with Kyer Elam. I can't help but think the last time, you know, Green Bay was in Buffalo. I can't help but always think of Marcus Thigpen. I'm going to call for a kickoff return or a punt return touchdown by the Bills special teams this week. Um, I think they're due. I think McKenzie's kind of been eager to break one. Um, I'd like to see maybe him or Shakir or someone um, take one to the house in front of that crowd on Sunday night. Um, so I think that's going to be my my hot take, uh, so to speak, for this week. Do you got one to throw out? Well, I thought you were going to make a call back to uh, the Bakari Rambo game where he had two interceptions. So let's see. All right, so let's go with Dane Jackson. We're going to have a Dane Jackson game, two interceptions by Dane Jackson. So we'll uh, follow in the Bakari Rambo, the number 30s getting, having big games against Aaron Rodgers. So. We'll see if that happens. But I, right, I mentioned that Green Bay's defense has been struggling, but somehow they have been able to put together the number one pass defense. Somehow, right? I mean, Jair Alexander is a stud in that secondary for them. So Stokes, um, too, is really good. Yeah. So let's see how Stefan and Gabe Dave handle kind of that pressure. I mean, they are uh, – physical upfront pass defense. Like I said, that somehow been able to, that's been their only bright spot this season is their pass defense. So can Josh find ways to pick them apart and, and take what they're giving them? I mean, that's how the commanders won and beat them last week is they didn't do anything flashy. They just took what the defense gave them and slowly chipped away at the field, kept their defense, kept green Bay's defense on the field for way longer than they should have been tired them out and then kind of strangled the life out of them towards the end of the game. So um, I don't think the Bills are going to have to play that long game, play the waiting game. But, uh, right, if Josh can figure out how to pick them apart early, uh, early and kind of get get them on their heels right away, uh, right, you're not going to have to worry about the number one passing defense. Yeah, I think this could actually be kind of similar to the Rams game as far as early on they might have to dink and dunk their way a, a drive or two. And then as you do that, it'll open up the passing game for the deep shot like they had against Ramsey because you know Alexander and Stokes and them go knows, you know, Diggs and Davis can beat them over the top. So I think they're going to kind of come out in that. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to throw some blitzes 
at Josh early just to see just because Kansas City had a little bit of success early on in the game. Um, but I think ultimately Buffalo is going to come away with this. I'm going to go with a score prediction of Buffalo 32 and the Packers 13. Okay. Um, I'm going to go 35-17. I like it. And then uh, quickly, one thing I'm really going to be keeping an eye on um, on Sunday night, uh, as far as the Bills active and inactive list, we saw against Kansas City, the only running backs they dressed were James Cook and Devin Singletary. I would look to see if Zach Moss is active or not, because if he's inactive again, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved before Tuesday's trade deadline. Um, Because to me, that would signal that they're ready to kind of just move forward with Cook, where if they activate Moss again, I think they're just going to kind of hold on to him and see what happens. Um, But if he's inactive again, um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that's a guy they're going to be looking around just to see if whether it's a pick or just trying to get an offensive line depth piece back or something. um, I think that could be um, something just to kind of keep an eye on. Nothing major. It's not going to be a splash deal with Zach Moss, but um, I think that is an interesting little nugget to keep an eye on off the bye week. Yeah, that's a good call out. I don't, I don't think the Bills are going to make any moves for the trade deadline. Um, I think they're pretty happy with the roster they have as they should be. So, um, but yeah, it would be interesting to kind of grab some draft capital, right, with uh, some of those lower end players. Absolutely. But um, that's going to do it for today's episode. We appreciate everyone for tuning in. As always, if you do not follow us on Instagram, give us a follow there at the Buffalo Loyal Podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. We will be back next week, uh, you know, a little later this week episode just because of the bye week. And then the Sabres had some games. We wanted to talk as much Sabres as we could. Um, So they have a game on Saturday. The Bills play Sunday night, obviously. Um, so we'll probably record earlier next week, break down the game, uh, talk about the Sabres, couple games that they're going to have, um, you know, between Saturday and early on next week, see if they can kind of rebound and see how they handle that first step of adversity. But uh, we appreciate everyone as always. It's been the Buffalo Oil Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. Circles the way, like the Buffalo Bills.